fine, thank you. Thank God we managed to get it connected. <laughs> I know. Oh, what was happening there? Was I know. I was panicking because I was thinking, oh no, please connect. But <laughs> welcome to our podcast today, Morvin Mate. It's really great to have you. No, thank you for inviting me on. I've been really excited for it. Oh no, I think you're wonderful, and I think to kick everything off, I think it'd be great if you could just give a bit of background into yourself and and your own Lyme journey. That'd be great. Yeah, so I was infected when I was around 14 and a half. Yeah. And I had a very long journey because I was wrongly diagnosed for about four years. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, quite a trial. So I was told I had various different things from glandular fever to viral infections, post-viral infections. And um, I've, yeah, I went to GPs and various different hospitals, saw specialists, um, you know, I even had second referrals up to Glasgow and um, some specialists wow. and even none of them picked up that it was Lyme disease because all my tests kept coming back as being negative. So yeah, didn't even accept that it could be Lyme disease. So it was a, a very long, long haul before I got diagnosed. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it. And, and you know, you're sort of similar to many people in that sense that a lot of people get negative results and they sort of give up on the going down the line route almost because obviously the doctors tell them they're fine their tests are negative all is okay and so they think what is wrong with me yeah definitely because you kind of you get to the point where you you're so kind of lost in this minefield of medical information and possibilities I mean you just you don't have a clue what's going on because you've got such a huge array of symptoms and it's just yes absolutely overwhelming and you know the doctors are the people of authority and you you want to believe them and you want to you basically you're you just become so desperate for an answer that you're almost willing to take anything but I think I was I always kind of knew instinctually that there was something more going on because I was eventually kind of branded as having ME and CFS and I just right I just yeah. knew that there was something more going on because I'm very fortunate in that my mother's a nurse and she's dealt with ME and CFS and all these oh wow this is before yeah. so she she knew categorically that there was something far more serious and far more sinister going on um than what the kind of label of having ME and CFS would imply yeah um, in many senses I was very lucky to to have her because she really fought my corner at a time when I wasn't well enough to I barely could function um yeah you, know, you could barely even answer the doctor's questions and they were very simple wow. questions and um, so she really kind of fought my corner so uh, and that's a big thing as well having family support because we know from being with um, Lyme disease UK on the admin team the amount of people that just don't have any support system behind them and it's it's heartbreaking it really is it's yeah completely it's that's the perfect word for it is it's heartbreaking because it's such a, a cornerstone of strength to have people behind you and people who believe in you yes won't judge you I think is such a, an important thing and I think it's it's very very difficult for families um, it is yeah definitely and like you say we, we put our faith in the medical community and what they tell us we believe is as bible because you know they know their stuff so families do exactly the same when when they're sort of listening in and you're being told that maybe it's this or that or maybe you're just going crazy they believe it because they just want you know they want to have faith in the doctors and they want to think that you are going to get better yeah, I think people, you know, you become so desperate to just do anything that will get better that you'll just, you'll listen to the voice of authority and quite often that voice of authority doesn't actually know what's happening. They don't have the time to actually sit down with you and, and really listen to what it is that's happening to you and what you're going through and experiencing. And I think that makes it very, very difficult for them to comprehend the complexities of your your daily yeah. life, your daily battle. It's, yeah. It's so difficult. and you know families will listen to what these doctors are saying and and they should listen to a certain degree but I think you know the person who's experiencing it knows best what it is that they're feeling and what their body is telling yeah. them they're going through so I think it's it's so important to to listen to the actual person that's going through it and take definitely and, and I think you become a, a bit sort of at war with yourself because you begin to question and doubt your own pain and suffering and you think 
am I going crazy? Is this just me? Or, you know, is the shopping list of symptoms the reality? Oh, but why, why, why can't people see this? Yeah, because that's the thing. You always, on the outside, you look so healthy. I mean, I get told yeah. from the picture of health. And, like, my insides are, are screaming in pain, you know, my joints and my um, muscles and all, you know, just everything is just an agony. And you're sitting there before somebody's saying that you look so healthy and so vibrant and it's it's such a difficult illness to try and comprehend and to try and understand um but you do you start to question your own sanity which is a horrific thing Um, yeah it's so such a horrible horrible thing to be made to feel um especially from somebody who's in a position of power to to kind of make you feel that way but you do because there's there's something so complex going on inside you and you know this disease is so intelligent and it's so powerful yes it really is the way it uses your own brain chemistry against you and you know it really does make you question everything yes that's so true and I think sort of like moving on now um your book is amazing and you've managed to turn such a negative situation into so many positives and I mean let listeners know a bit more about your book because I know you've put a lot of hard work into it and you're always promoting it and it's helped so many people oh thank you yeah it's been it's been quite a journey um so Finding Joy is a novel about a family's fight against Lyme disease and it's told from three different points of view and so you've got the main character who's Joy and she's the one who has Lyme disease and you've got the view of her best friend Logan and also that of her her caregiver who is her aunt Beth and I did that because I really wanted to show how the disease has such a profound ripple effect not just on the person who's also on those around them because that's such a huge part of the story of Lyme disease so I really wanted to capture that. So the story is told from three different points of view and it kind of follows Joy's battle to be correctly diagnosed. Um, you know, she's told that her illness is inside her head, that it's not yeah. making it up, which is something a lot of people with Lyme disease have to endure. And it follows her story to being correctly diagnosed in a private clinic and her um, then undergoing treatment and uh, leave the books or five years in the future where she's slowly beginning to make progress and she's starting to to kind of regain a bit of her life back and um, it's I wanted the book to be as open and honest to the reality of life. yes so it is it's quite um I've, I've had people come up to me and, and say that they find it really difficult to read because it is so so honest and it's so um truthful but yes kind of what I wanted and at the same time I was very aware that it's it's a very dark story so I tried to put in quite a lot of humor into it at the same time because you know it it there are moments when you're ill there are you've got to to laugh at things um yes definitely it's a it's a sad story but it's also quite a, a humorous one at the same time yeah and I mean like with the name joy that's just you know sings positivity to begin with so that's a really really good message and like you said I think it's very very important to really highlight the relationship side of things because we do lose friends we do lose support and you know the people around us are also suffering as well they feel the pain that you feel in in many different ways so I think the way you've sort of written the story is really really great and will help like you say so so many people because it's not just the sufferers that will be able to relate and find comfort but also you know the people the loved ones around them that are there you know on the sidelines for them yeah definitely it's been really surprising actually um because I was kind of I was in two minds about doing it from three different perspectives but I mean, yeah I did because the amount of people that's kind of come up to me relate to to Logan or to Aunt Beth and has been quite astounding and I think also when you you have that illness and you're trapped inside that world of disease it's often easy to forget that your family are going through this too and that they're hurting and they've they've lost someone you know you've lost yourself yes someone too and they're grieving for you and for what you've lost and 
you know, they're, they're caring for you. They're also in a very difficult situation. And that's something that I really wanted to kind of capture and, and remind people because it can be very easy to become very trapped inside your own world of, of disease and not think about how it's affecting those closest to you as well. Yeah, definitely. And in so many ways, they're the unsung heroes that don't really get enough credit for all the work that they do do. Oh, because they're the first ones there to pick us up when we need them. Yeah, exactly. They're they really are the the heroes. They do they do so much for us more than I think we can ever really know and support us in so many different ways. And I think knowing that you have a, a friend or a family member that will be there for you, just just knowing that they're there is such a huge thing. It's such a yes. huge comfort and it's such a a relief to know that there is someone that you can depend on, whoever they may be. Yeah, definitely. And and we know as being admin members that, you know, we try and give that support that maybe some patients lack from the ones around them when they feel lost, then they come to us and you can see that they're crying out in pain, really, and just want that comfort and support of a person. And, and we try and offer the best level of support we possibly can because we know the pain that they're going through. Yeah, and I think that's what makes Lyme Disease UK so special is that the people who are on the admin team all have Lyme disease, so they know exactly what it's like for people yes. who are going through it. And it is often so difficult to, you know, go to your family and tell them that you're in, whether it's physical or emotional, it can often be really difficult. And I think that's why it's so brilliant that we're here to kind of help and, and offer support as and when it's needed and to just give people a little bit of guidance and to let them know that they're here and that they're understood and they're not alone yeah. in this because they're they're really not and there's a whole community who are you know we're cheating them on and definitely all kind of fighting and rooting for each other which I think is a, a really special thing oh yeah definitely I think there's so many cheerleaders within the community and it's just so great because you know we're all really really strong heroes in our own way and the amount of people doing so much like you know great stuff great achievements it's just inspiring and it inspires other members when they post about it and it just is so uplifting to see and hear about and I know that you recently and I mean I don't know how you managed to do this but <laughs> jumping out of a plane yeah like, are you crazy I I think I am I am um, yeah I um and <laughs> um, I went up to the airfield and um, unfortunately the weather was not for playing ball we oh, done the no. training though and um, we're sort of sitting on the ground and the has about the positions that we're to um, exit the plane in and how we're to arch our bodies so we're in like the shape of a banana oh wow down and they kind of said to us oh do you want a gentle descent or do you want an adrenaline one and I thought well if I'm going to do it I might as well do the full hog so I said I want oh wow jump. so either you get given the parachutes the controls for the parachute so you can steer it and um, this is once it's deflated you don't get to deflate it unfortunately oh, right. <laughs> but yeah you get control of the actual parachute so you can sort of steer it as you're going through the air um and all these kind of things so it was and now that I've done the training I'm more excited than I was before for doing it and just yeah I can't wait and I was absolutely gutted that I couldn't do it on Sunday because of the weather but I've already rebooked it um, and I can't I know wait there's so many people getting behind you which is great to see as well and you'd fundraise so much and I know that you were so excited I mean I thought you were crazy really crazy but <laughs> I think exactly. too, don't I? <laughs> I know, yeah. But you know, a credit to you because like, it's just an amazing thing to do and it's it's so great that people are getting behind you. And I know when the time is right you'll ace it. Oh, thank you. I hope so. It's been oh it's incredible. It really was. I kind of I felt so bad because I felt like I let all those people who were rooting for me down, but it was just the weather it was just yeah exactly it's out of your control and, and it's not like you haven't rebooked it and it's not like you're not going to do it you're sort of more motivated than ever oh, I'm now doing it. there's no way I'm not doing it so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so excited for it and it was so incredible to have that support behind me because it was such a huge thing because you had to I had to drive about 
six hours in total there and back oh wow get to the airfield so even just the traveling in itself I mean that was yeah training and reading all those messages that I was getting from people it just you know your your body's so sore and it just it kind of collapses in itself and just reading those messages just warms your heart yeah completely yeah definitely to have that support was just remarkable and I appreciate it so much it really does it really does boost you when you're feeling very low and very sore Um, definitely yeah I can't wait and I've almost reached my target I think I'm about 80 pounds away oh you're so gonna do it (laughs) I'm really excited yeah oh that's amazing and like you're saying you know the community as a whole is a massive massive support and we know firsthand the amount of hard work that goes into Lyme disease UK but of course I just wanted to sort of ask you why the community is so important to you I think the Lyme disease community is is so unique to itself I mean this is a, a group of people who are all suffering in their own unique way and yet we can all relate to each other's stories and what we've all gone through definitely people who have Lyme disease they have so much strength so much courage and bravery within them and they want to to share that they don't want to you know keep it to themselves they want to help other people and, and be there for each other which I think is quite rare in this yeah to have that group where they just everybody wants to help each other and there's not this kind of negative barrage of yeah you know you know you've got this why I've got that kind of thing it's it's more a case of supporting each other and being there for one another which I think is it's really remarkable and I think because Lyme disease is so complicated and, and so unique um it's difficult to to find people within your own location or where you live or especially as where I am up in the highlands um, and yes. lots of people with Lyme disease because we're all so spread out and um, you know it's it's good to have that online community where you can just talk to people and, and know that you're not alone in this which I think is is a really remarkable thing that Lyme disease UK have created definitely and like you said it, it's often hard to sort of find people within our local community because we, we are also spread out and obviously when we go into our local community people don't understand the same because they they have never even experienced anything like Lyme disease and it's hard for them to understand so you know the social media platforms and the community is such a lifeline to so many people and you know just having a message or picking up the phone to someone can actually make someone's day and actually keep them fighting a lot stronger and I think it's just like you said it's just something so unique and rare that we have as a community and as the members grow I think the community just goes from strength to strength. Yeah exactly and I think when you have a disease like this you become so isolated. Definitely. Um, both physically and with the community because you you know I was housebound and bedbound for about eight years because of this and yeah you know it's something I was completely cut off from from everyone I couldn't see friends I couldn't see family so to have that ability to go online and and still have a communication with people and have that connection because life is all about connection it's all about people and relationships and without that, you're missing out on, on such a fundamental part of life and living. So I think it's really fantastic that people can can go online and can communicate and speak to people and, and have friends. You know, people have made such deep connections with people oh, that they've met, which is so important. I mean, I've, I've experienced that myself, the admin team and you guys yeah. all work there. I mean, we've, we've never met and yeah, it's, it's we've, we feel but, like second family. Yeah, it literally yeah. is. We're like family, and you know, if something happens to somebody else, we're all there for each other, supporting each other. Or if we're having a rough day, we're we're there cheating each other on, and you know, sometimes telling each other off to go get to bed and get. To yes, that's a lovely thing to feel cared about and to feel, you know, like somebody like you matter to somebody, and that's that's a really lovely thing. Definitely, and and you know, social media sometimes gets a bad reputation and. I know there's a lot of negatives that 
can come along with social media but for us as sufferers and for many of us who are bed bound or you know housebound even it, it's just a massive lifeline just to be able to have that support at the end of a message just you can't explain what it does to your day and I think there's so many positives that actually come with social media that also need highlighting because any chronic illness um, I think feels the same way really yeah and I think that's one of the things that's really struck me with finding joy is that the amount of people with various different illnesses who relate to it um, yes I think is extraordinary but Lyme disease is it's the great mimicker and, and so a lot of people with different diseases do relate to it because so many of the symptoms correlate with one another so yeah there's a sort of there's a link yeah. yeah there is there's a, a link and a connection between Lyme disease and other different diseases because they they do kind of mimic each other and they are similar in yes. the way manifest each other so I do think there there's a definite wider community even yeah definitely with Lyme community yeah and of course that makes diagnosis a bit harder when obviously the um, symptoms are overlapping each other with different diseases but it also means like you said the computer uh, the community is a lot wider and people can just reach out over the computer to an even broader um, audience and they can just gain support from a lot of other areas because people can relate from other diseases and again that's something so rare and so unique yeah definitely absolutely so moving forward with Lyme do you think that you know there is a big shift and change going on do you think education has improved over the years and acceptance um I think yes I mean there has definitely been a big shift especially up in Scotland I mean when I was first diagnosed and people would ask you what's wrong with you you'd say you know, I've got Lyme disease and they kind of look at you blankly and they wouldn't have a clue what it is whereas now yes. there is a certain amount of knowledge they, there is much more awareness of it so things have definitely changed in the last sort of decade and um, for sure but there's so so much ignorance around Lyme disease you know there's so many people who don't know how to remove a tick correctly or how to protect oh, gosh, yeah. their family because I mean I do I do talks over Scotland and schools literary events festivals universities and um, you know yeah anywhere and everywhere that's kind of interested in the subject and it's astounding sometimes the the level of ignorance that there is still around Lyme disease, especially in the medical community. I mean, I get emails all the time from people asking for for help and advice on, on what to do because their GP or their their doctor in the hospital doesn't know what to do or how to treat it. So there's, yes. there's so much work that needs to be done. Um, but there there has been a change, and I think that's that's a really good thing to to remember and to bear in mind that things they are getting better though it doesn't always feel like it there is a progression and as long as we continue to increase that and enhance it then hopefully one day things will improve um definitely yeah and and do you feel like that scotland's sort of ahead of england and wales and the rest of the uk because i know obviously well there just seems to be so much more campaign work going on up there and you seem to get a bit more of a, an acceptance from the public. Um, I think because particularly in Scotland and especially in the Highlands, yeah, so badly affect. There are parents who are afraid to let their children go out and play in their back gardens because they're oh, wow. covered in ticks. Yeah, um, I know people who they said that they they don't like hanging their washing outside because if anything falls off the washing line. When they very true ticks and it's just there's just so many ticks you just cannot avoid them no matter what you do so people really don't have an option but to to kind of confront it but even then there's still so many people who who don't even know what ticks are um yes you know, like oh i had a bug bite but they won't associate that bug as being a tick they'll just think it's an insect which you know they're just going kind to of brush it off and dismiss it. They won't actually really acknowledge what it actually is. Right. Yeah. And, you know, people don't know about the early symptoms. And again, a lot of people don't know how to remove them correctly. So although we are so much 
more severely affected I think um than in, in other places yeah it, it's still something which needs a lot more work and campaigning and awareness raising about because there's just not enough knowledge unfortunately yeah and, and I think you're right I think people don't realize that one small bite can really really change their life and we have this attitude where it won't happen to me and that's the wrong attitude to have because nobody's immune yeah exactly I mean I always kind of think you know people say what will happen to me and I kind of think well what makes you think it won't happen to you yeah (laughs) you know you haven't got this magic shield but I think it is it's it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it that something which is as small as a poppy seed can carry something so deadly that it can completely destroy the healthiest and strongest of people it's, it's astounding and it's something that's very difficult to get your head around and I think there is there's a lot of fear around Lyme disease and around ticks and I think if we you know I don't ever want to discourage people from going outdoors or from enjoying it of course no, yeah. but I think if people just had the knowledge about how to remove ticks safely and the early symptoms then that would kind of eradicate the fear it's it's knowledge people need knowledge um, in order to protect themselves in order to stop advancing to into something which is terrifying and scary and um, so yeah definitely and and you know treatment and diagnosis are both a bit of a Russian roulette game and I know that treatment is unique to every patient because obviously ticks carry numerous um, other horrible tick-borne diseases that can interlink with the Lyme disease and, and cause symptoms and you know it's all very unpredictable and the medical community gets so confused because they don't know what's causing what symptom um, but what sort of treatment has worked for you or what have you tried in the past oh I've done lots of things <laughs> have you yeah I've had heaps of um, antibiotics right extremely high doses over very long periods of time and um, I've had I'm still on herbal and supplementary regimes I've had yeah. herbal antibiotics um I've had oxygen therapy, um, yeah, heaps, heaps and heaps of things. Um, but I think if there was one sort of very small day-to-day thing which has a really huge effect and I find really helpful, you know, I kind of live by them as, as protein shakes. Right. Um, I, yeah, they, they are what get me through each day. Um, in reality, I find them so, so useful because they just, they reduce the amount of pain that I'm in. Um, they also boost my energy so I can I can do so much more within a day um, as a result of taking a protein shake and it it's something that's very small but hugely effective and yeah that's very very interesting actually it really is yeah you should definitely if you haven't tried it then you definitely should because I mean they, yeah. they work so well for me they really do they might not work for that I think that's one of the things about Lyme disease you've just got to try things to see what works for you definitely yeah your body because like you said you've got you might have Lyme disease but you've also got core infections so yeah it's, you know you need to tackle tackle everything which is is quite a, a big challenge but yeah definitely, definitely. Cause they get me through the day they really do and I think people sort of are quite judgmental at times because they think you know why haven't you tried this and you should know this and maybe you should do this and I think you have to learn on the job with these things I mean I used to obviously swim so for me I was eating quite a high carb diet Mm -hmm. and well all the sugars and everything you forget that are in carbs so I was just kind of feeding the bacteria and not realizing so I'm a bit like you in the sense that I've had to up my protein and that's really helped me um because you know people I don't know they just you don't get told these kind of things you just think carbs are for energy this will help me you know as a swimmer as an athlete you thrive off carbohydrates so why wouldn't you now Um, but you have to learn on the job and you have to listen to your own body and it takes time it takes work and like you say we have to try lots of different treatments before we find something that seems to work for us or at least keep us stable at least yeah a huge amount of it is sort of experimenting to see what works for you and your body and I think you do 
you do have to learn on the job unfortunately and sometimes there's a lot of trial and, and error yes quite a lot of error unfortunately yeah but you do you have to completely change your life I mean I'm on such a, a restricted diet you know I can't have sugar wheat yeast or, or date and now dairy and yeah. um, one I very begrudgingly gave up but yeah. yeah I've had to cut that out and you you do you have to make so much sacrifice um oh definitely that can be so difficult to do um because you just feel like you're giving up more and more and more because this disease just seems to take but it's and it's difficult to keep in mind that though you're sacrificing something you're you're doing it in order to regain something else yeah Uh, that can be very difficult it is and and like you said you know when it comes to sort of food as well I mean we don't really go out socializing as it is so going out for food is something so small but when you've got intolerances and allergies you know that even that makes it difficult and you feel like you isolate yourself again because you don't want the embarrassment of going out and having to order separate dishes or looking like you're being fussy when you're really not you just don't want to be unwell and that makes that very difficult as well and a lot of people obviously our friends take for granted that they can just go out and do whatever they want and eat whatever they want so when you have to go out and say oh I can only manage two hours I have to order side dishes it has to be cooked like this they think oh why do I really want to go out with you because it's going to be such hard work yeah I mean it's it's a really big challenge um and it's quite it's quite funny watching expressions on on certain waiters faces when you rattle off this list of things oh yeah whether it's in the dish or not but I mean, it's just, it's something that you just unfortunately have to get used to. And just, I think if you you have good friends and you have that ability to communicate with them to explain why you can't have these things, then they should hopefully be understanding. Yes, um, definitely. And, and I think when you surround yourself with that great support, it does put you at ease and gives you back that confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it is awkward when you're trying to find places to eat and you you kind of you can't especially because I do I move around quite a lot doing doing these talks and it's very difficult trying to find food on the go that you can actually oh yeah but you just you yeah you find you find ways around it and I think that's one of the great things about people with Lyme disease is that they have this great initiative at problem solving because they don't have a choice but to and you do you just find ways around it and you just try and make the most of things and um you just yeah you just try and get as much out of yeah and and like you say you know you feel almost like the disease takes 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 from you and we don't we're we're fighters we don't like giving up so like you say we, we problem solve and we adapt and we try and see the light and the positives in everything so even when our sort of diet is quite limited we still sort of highlight what we can have or maybe if we find something new in the free from aisle or whatever we sort of go crazy about it and celebrate it because we just try and you know highlight the positives as much as we can because we still want you know life and we deserve to have life oh completely I mean I thought I very foolishly thought I found a no sugar added cereal the other day and I was so excited (laughs) absolutely ecstatic I went home and I had a massive bowl on it and I don't know, I went and reread the, the um, ingredients because I was like, How, I wonder what they've actually put in it to subsidise the sugar because it, you know, it must, must be full of sweeteners or something. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it was wishful thinking. I don't know if it was having lime brain or what it was, but I misread <laughs> it as being no sugar and it was actually no added salt. And I broke my heart. Oh, <laughs> it was no. so sad. I was absolutely gutted. I was like, that's the first time I've had sugar and I don't even know how long and it was an accident. Oh no. Yeah, so I mean you make mistakes, you make foolish things, but you've just got to laugh at them and, and You do, you do. It's it's life. It's yeah. life. Try then, you know, mitigate and reduce the consequences as much as you can, but <laughs> yeah, you do do things like that. But yeah, I was gutted when I discovered it was no added salt and not sugar. Oh no. It, your heart just breaks doesn't it in one exactly. second <laughs> so desperate just to widen your variety of food options but no it didn't happen <laughs> oh no <laughs> and I know we're coming to the end of May now but it has been a whirlwind of an awareness month as you know we've had you know buildings lit up bridges lit up 
how have you found awareness month and all the work that you've done this month it's been absolute pandemonium it's been fantastic <laughs> um it's been so so busy which is fantastic but I am looking forward to it coming to an end and I can just curl up into a ball and hibernate for a little while yeah and have a little it's, bit of sleep yeah it's <laughs> fantastic um I mean I had I arranged for Inverness bridge to be lit up in, you in did. and I organized a gathering of people um to come and we had um I painted a board and wrote Lyme disease is on it and then people wrote what they associated with the disease on this board amazing. we kind of we held it up and when the bridge lit up we had um, handfuls of lime green confetti and we threw it into the air and um, got pictures taken and got it put into the local press and um, it was just it was really brilliant it was really really good and I think a lot of people who were there who had Lyme disease found it very kind of therapeutic in a way and um, I was quite surprised yeah. the response to it because I there were some people who found it very very profound and I think that was that was a really incredible thing to to get to witness and to know that I kind of had organized that and, and did that for yeah. them it's really special well, it's, it's, it's breathtaking isn't it in so many ways and it's so rewarding to see these people come out and support yeah definitely because it's such a huge effort um for them to do it and i mean it's a huge thing for for me to organize i mean the all the permissions i had to get from all the different people for all the various different elements and um, yeah the forms i had to fill out and you know all the all the things all the forms all the the forms yep (laughs) yeah exactly but you know when you see it all come together it's so rewarding and you just think Yes, it was worth it. And and the message is loud and clear. I mean, you know, we know from the group the amount of people that every day have been posting new sort of bites and asking for advice. So there is people listening out there and watching. And, you know, we are educating people and getting the awareness out there, which is which is key. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's so important and it, it does so much. It really does help for raising awareness and for educating people and just making it fresh in their minds you know refreshing the knowledge and just you know bringing it to the forefront is so important and definitely and getting through to councils as well is key because obviously they're recognizing it as an issue now and they're having to not push it to one side and dismiss it they're actually having to listen and educate themselves yeah definitely Absolutely. And that's such a vital part of it because, you know, we can't, we can only do so much and, you know, we need members of the council and members of government to kind of yes. actually take it on and, and really confront it because there is only so much that we can do um, on our own. So we need their support, we need their backing and we need their initiative to, to really drive it into a, a place that it deserves to be in people's minds and, and in people's knowledge. So definitely it's so important for for kind of making them aware and putting pressure on them to, to act as well so I think it's it's brilliant and it's been such an incredible month it really has it really yeah. hasn't I mean just in a couple of years we've seen awareness months just blow up and, and go from strength to strength and I think people also need to realize that this isn't the end you know ticks are around all year round now because of you know the climate warming yeah. up and we have to be on full alert all the time. We have to make sure that we are, you know, exercising the prevention methods. We keep spreading the word and raising the awareness all year round. Yeah, completely. Because that's the thing, you know, a lot of people think that they're safe because it's sort of, it's wintertime. Yeah. Unfortunately, nowadays it's, it's not the case. You know, it, the tits are about all the time. And it all comes back to that thing of knowledge and, and education and education yes yeah so the more that we can do to sort of highlight the issues around Lyme disease and make people more knowledgeable the better because I mean you and I know better than, than the layperson just how devastating this disease can be we're, oh, we're yes. doing it not to to scare people but to try and prevent them from enduring what we've had to endure and I think that's that's a really important thing to to kind of remind people you know we're not trying to terrify them into to not going outdoors we're just trying to educate them to keep them safe 
Of course, yeah, because we we know full well how much pain we go through every day and what you know a hell sometimes life can be and we don't want or wish that on anybody so we just want to try and do our sort well leave a leave a positive legacy and do our bit so that we can rest in peace that you know we did try and protect and save lives and do as much as we possibly could yeah completely and especially if you know there's young children and people oh yeah risk i mean they're they're dependent on their parents in order to to protect them against Lyme disease and ticks and a lot of parents are, are fantastic at doing that but unfortunately there's there's still that kind of group of people who who just don't know about it and that's the kind of the idea that we want to to highlight things about yeah. yeah well moving forward have you got any sort of tips for fundraising and raising awareness that people can do within their local community yeah there's um there's heaps of things that can be done um, and I mean, I always encourage people to kind of branch out and just use their imaginations and go wild when it comes to fundraising. Because, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing too wild or too crazy. Um, you know, people are welcome to come and join me on the 17th to jump out of a plane if they like. <laughs> <laughs> More than welcome. Um, so if they're, if they're brave enough, I've had a few people kind of say they want to do it. and then they. Oh, wow. I was just going to say, oh, I bet they're queuing around the block. <laughs> you know, but obviously they are. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they kind of, they go, they're kind of very excited for it to begin with. And then they have a, a think about it. And then they kind of go, oh, maybe not. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, you're more than welcome to come and join me to jump out of a plane. Um, so yeah, just go go crazy if you want to do coffee mornings or do Kayleys are a fantastic thing to do. I don't know if you yeah. have Kayleys really down south. It's more something that's Scottish, but it's a fantastic. Um, you know, you hire a band and it's wow. Scottish music and the dancing is just it's incredible. It's so much fun and nobody really knows what they're doing and everybody's crashing into each other and it's just laughing <laughs> and just having a great time and you know there's things like um, Lindsay's UK have got awareness packs which you can order for free and they've got posters in them they've got leaflets they've got this yeah, fantastic array of things that you can do and you can put them out in your community you can give them to your GP um, yes there's you know so there's things from the very small like you know ordering the awareness pack um, and and putting the leaflets about the place which are it's small but very impactful to the crazy things like jumping out of planes and um you know messaging your GP or um, emailing your counsellor or you know any anything at all that can just highlight the issues that is a fantastic thing to do so there's yeah there's lots of yeah, things that you can do definitely and I know that people like you know see me and you doing like events and jumping out of planes and think oh my gosh I can't raise awareness like that but they don't realize that word of mouth and putting up a poster has such a massive effect as well and just doing that for them could could protect and save lives and they shouldn't discredit that oh definitely I mean you think how many people will look at a flyer and and it'll maybe make them curious and then they'll go away and google it as they're they're walking to their next destination you know smartphones are fantastic things that you know ignites people's curiosities and they can go and look it up straight away and yes. so many people are going to look at that and go, oh, yeah, the ticks and that will be fresh in their minds. And then who knows, maybe a day later that somebody they'll meet somebody who has a tick bite and they'll remember it, it will jog their memory. And, you know, you can't underestimate the value of of speaking to people and, and talking to them verbally to raise awareness um, and leaflets and flyers. They're, they're such an important thing to to do to help raise awareness so I mean anything that people can do to, to help is a fantastic thing and um, definitely you, you don't have to be as, as nutty and crazy to do the kind of thing <laughs> um I think I think you and I are just a whole new new level of crazy crazy <laughs> well and I know as well like the work life and health balance I know that we often struggle with this because people see us and they think they aren't really poorly they're doing this that and the other but they don't see behind closed doors that we do have days where we cry the pain gets too much and we struggle finding that work-life balance along with our health you know as much as the next person but do you have any tips going forward with that as well oh that's a good question um I think it's it's really difficult because 
you're you're trying to find this balance and unfortunately that balance is always shifting because the Lyme disease is always shifting and um, so unpredictable yeah and it, it's really really difficult and I mean I do these events and they're fantastic and they're brilliant for raising awareness but again people don't see the consequences of of doing that event yeah. results in me being in bed for three or four days yeah um, because you know you look fine from the outside but they don't see the after effects they don't see the consequences of of doing it so I mean we do these things we do these events and we do this stuff to raise awareness but we do it at a very very high cost and we do it at a huge yeah. sacrifice and I think that's something that needs to be reminded to people as well because I think it can be difficult especially when you have Lyme disease to see somebody else who has it going out and doing all these things and raising awareness it can be very difficult um, and I think it's a good thing to to remind people and to to have them bear in mind that we do do it at a huge personal sacrifice and a huge personal cost and it, it's something which it's very difficult for us to do um, yeah. and we do it purely to raise awareness we do it purely to try and prevent other people from going through what we're going through um, so it is very difficult but you you just have to be so strict in yourself you have to be so disciplined with every element of your life um and to pace yourself be kind to yourself really is, is the kind of which is hard in itself yeah it's so difficult it's so, yeah, so difficult definitely. especially when you're trying to compare yourself to to people who are healthy and and yes. able to function normally it's very very hard but you do have to be kind in yourself and just remind yourself that what you've done although to somebody who's healthy might not be such a a huge thing to you is massive yeah and you're okay to you're allowed to collapse in a heap afterwards you're allowed to take some time to recover because what you've what you've done is is huge it's it's incredible and that deserves to be cheered and it deserves to be praised and it also warrants you to to have a rest and to to keep over for a little while and, and just yeah definitely yeah so and, and like you're saying you know sometimes it's very difficult because we post pictures of, of what we've done and how positive we are and obviously on the outside we look, we look great you know we're smiles we're doing this that and the other and people think well are you really poorly because you don't look like you're suffering but we're just not negative people and we like to put a positive message out there because we want to inspire people we don't want to be all doom and gloom but we also have to find that balance where we are open and raw and say actually I'm having a bad day today you know I've had a few days in bed you know it's knocked me for six doing this event and it's okay to also be open and raw and people have to understand that as well yeah exactly I mean it is that really difficult thing of you know what people see on the outside versus what you feel on the inside it's it's really difficult and I think trying to to maintain that balance of being honest about how hard things actually are for you and being positive is very difficult especially when you kind of have people looking to you to, to be that positive yes. force and you're in reality feeling horrendous it can be very very difficult and it's this sort of battle of wills between being honest and, and truthful to the of the disease and also not wanting to discourage or put other people down and um, by showing how much you're you're struggling and um, so it's, it's a very difficult balance um, it really is and it's it's not one you're going to get right <laughs> I don't think you're you'll ever get it right but I think so long as yeah you're you're okay and you know how you are and um, then I don't think it's it matches too much what kind of other people say yeah Yeah. I think it's a bit like happiness isn't it it's a constant journey not a destination yeah completely and so long as you're content within yourself and what you're doing and and you know you're doing what you're doing to the best of your ability then that's kind of what counts and what matters and you know they're all they're always people saying oh why don't you do this or why don't you do that or you could have done this better done that better yeah and that can be very difficult because you you literally you've given your all you've given your everything yeah and you'll never please everyone so I think so long as you are pleased within yourself and um you you cheer on 
what your achievements because it can be very difficult you know when you're kind of like oh well before I was ill I could have done this yeah comparing yeah that you've got to kind of remember the context of it you know you're achieving this within huge limitations and you've done it you've achieved it and that deserves for you to to praise yourself and that can be a difficult thing to do but it's also an important thing to do at the same time of course yeah and take time to appreciate all of your successes and achievements as well and don't just sort of brush them under the rug and think right what's next I think it's important to actually take a step back and actually celebrate yeah and also celebrate that of your your friends and family of course you know try and be a part of their life as much as you can and let them be a part of your life as much as as you can let them or as much as they can be a part of your life Um, yeah and I think that's also quite a good message actually the fact that obviously we do a lot of awareness work and we're quite work focused but we also need to remember that we want to enjoy the people that are around us, the support that we have, our loved ones, our family members who want to be there for those life moments as well. And we don't want to be missing out on big life events and memories. Yeah, I mean, that's such a difficult thing. And it's something that I've been kind of battling with all this month is, you know, you, you're doing all this stuff to raise awareness for Lyme disease, but it means that as a result, you've got no time and no energy left to, to do anything for yourself or for those who are closest to you you know you've got no time to sort of celebrate their achievements or, or do things with them because you've you've spent all your energy raising awareness for Lyme disease and yeah and that's a, a brilliant thing to do but you you also have to remember that you need to be there for those who are, are closest to you and, and you need to support them and, and support your own personal goals um as well as your your sort of goals for raising awareness for Lyme disease you need to sort of look after yourself um, and definitely part of you that has line definitely yeah. <laughs> well thank you so so much for speaking to me today it's been an absolute delight no. I just want to finish by letting everybody know where they can get your book because I really think people should purchase it and enjoy it because like you said it's not just for the sufferer it can be for the family members and loved ones as well yeah, no, that's brilliant. So you can get like get Lyme disease. <laughs> Lyme disease on the brain, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you can get Lyme. Oh my gosh, I'm saying it again. This is a perfect example of Lyme brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get Finding Joy from bookshops. Um, you can also get it online on Amazon. Um, perfect. So yeah, you can get it in various different places. Um, <laughs> complete Lyme disease brain there, sorry. No, no, thank you so much. And, you know, you've been an absolute delight and it's been an honour to have you on the show because I really think that you've got so much knowledge and you've been great today and just explaining everything and all the amazing achievements that you've, you know, obviously hit this month and obviously will go on to do when you jump out of your plane and get very excited for all of that in the near future. So thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat. Thank you and thank you so much for having me on because it's it's been a real pleasure and it was a real honour to be to be asked on so thank you. Oh no thank you very much. incredible as well it really is. Thank you (laughs) and we'll definitely speak again soon because I'm sure that many many people want you back on the podcast. Oh that'd be brilliant hopefully I've done my jump by then. Yes (laughs) yeah and then you can tell us all how you survived. (laughs) The whole way down. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, and we'll speak again soon. Perfect. Enjoy the rest of your Thank you. You too. Thank you. Take care. Bye.